Chicago Bulls coverage show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy here and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill, to help break you down another week of Chicago Bulls action. I want to say it's week eight, I believe, uh, off the top of my head. Uh, I did say week seven last week, I think, so we're going to go with week eight. Uh, So a couple months into the season, Trey, you know, we've gotten a pretty good sample size of what this Bulls team is, but... Um, first and foremost, we are recording on Sunday night, as we pretty much always do, and uh, just finished that, literally just finished that, that Bulls-Hawks game. So, in a few words, describe how that felt as a Bulls fan. Depressing. It was just, it, I, I said right before we came on the pod, it felt like one of those games when you're playing Madden, and it, the the computer has just decided your team is not destined to win this game tonight. And the Bulls, they had plenty of chances to pull it out, and it just it didn't it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, it's a real disappointing one because you know, like I said, I went to the game on Saturday. I'm wearing my new Bulls hat, by the way. It's like a white hat with a collage of different things on there. It's like a, there's like a, you know Chicago you know, flags and different Bulls banners. You picked, the, and, you picked the right game to go to. It was yeah. A, I was excited to talk to you after that game because yeah. everything was just pointing in the right direction. I was hoping to see Luka Doncic. Obviously, that wasn't in the cards. So my luck this weekend has been not so great, obviously, because uh, no Doncic. He did sit out, which I, I don't blame him necessarily. I think, man, we're living in an age now. Let me just say this. We're living in an age now where you can't just – like, literally, they're in Milwaukee. They had to drive down the highway, sleep for maybe 10, 11 hours, and then get up and play a basketball game. Like, dude, like, how is that too much? Like, do you, I guess you're, you're – Odds of being well, at least, at least he well. had a quad strain. At least he had an injury well, and he wasn't listed as rest. Let's. I'm going to put quotes on that, but yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Anyways, uh, anyways, no, it was a good game. The, the Bulls set a franchise record for for, for uh, points in the first half. There, um, it was really just shooting practice. Like I, that's how I described it. I was like, you know, there, like there was no defensive pressure on uh, Zach Levine at all. There was no defensive pressure on Kobe White. You know, they were just getting whatever they wanted to get, and that was fine. I actually. Went to the shop uh, with, like, six minutes left in the game because I was like, this is just – why watch this, you know? I mean, Dale and Terry got into the game, so I did miss that, but uh, but that's okay. But, no, it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, let's talk about more about this Hawks game, obviously. Yeah, you said it's like a – for me, it was a gut punch for sure. Um, you know, I thought – watching, was- watching the Bulls struggle once again with a zone was, mm-hmm. I think, the most disappointing thing for me. It was – Derek Jones Jr. not knocking down that free throw at the end. That oh, you know that sucks. But he was great all game. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna hate on him for missing a free throw. Um, the lob at you know the lob to win the game with 0.5 seconds. That's that's a gut punch, like you said. But it's also a really great play by a really great player, and that that sucks. But if the Bulls would just be able to execute against the zone, they wouldn't be in this position. It's a difficult play, but like the thing that ticked me off Trey is that you know it's 0.5 seconds like why why are we guarding anybody out beyond the three point like I would rather them catch and shoot a fadeaway three-pointer with 0.5 seconds left than have any kind of lob at the rim so I was pretty ticked off that there wasn't anybody on the backside that was ready to anticipate that because it felt to me like that was the only play that could have beaten us in that moment so that's what really irked me about it well, with the first play they ran before they had to call a timeout, it looked like they were running one for Bogdanovich, um, just curling off the, to the left there. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Bulls kind of had that in mind. I thought the coverage was pretty good on the lob. It just seemed like a, a perfect pass and, you know, the perfect finish to me. I guess if you were going to have one critique, they you had, I think Vucevic was on the inbounds. Maybe also have Drummond in there mm-hmm. as a rim protector, mm-hmm. uh, just to guard against the lob I, threat. 
Yeah, I literally would have stuck somebody at the rim just because that's the, like the one thing, you know, that's that's the one high percentage shot you can give up in that situation. So it just it, it was kind of a lapse to me. But at the same time, but it it's isn't even hard to knock Donovan with the coaching challenge coming no. through the clutch. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm not knocking Donovan either. And it was a difficult shot that uh, well, I think it was A.J. Griffin hit that that game winner. Uh, difficult shot for him to make, obviously. So I'm not like. It's just, it's just a gut. It's just the universe hates us, and that's why I'm ticked off. I'm not necessarily after, ticked after off. After that great Mavericks win, if, if the yeah. Bulls beat the Hawks tonight, they they can beat the Knicks Wednesday and Friday, and then go into next week 500. Instead, now the Bulls are sitting 11 and 15, looking at those two Knicks games instead of you know looking at maybe getting oh you know back to 500. I was already set to like tell you, okay, the Bulls won tonight, and so the Hawks actually the Hawks would have dropped like three places in the standings and the bulls would have uh jumped the heat and the hawks would have been directly above the bulls so that would have been a really interesting thing but of course now the bulls are still stuck in like 11th i think it is that we're currently in uh and it's just ah, man but yeah the, the schedule is lightening up now you can feel it um you know this back-to-back though i mean they really needed to get this win trade because um yesterday's game was nothing i mean saturday's game you know against the mavs was not an actual game. There was no effort expelled. But it it that. was a back-to-back, but it wasn't yeah. nearly as strenuous as most of them are. They and did have to the Hawks were without John Collins and mm-hmm. Dejounte Murray. Yeah. And I know, I know the Bulls are missing some players too. Iowa went out, I think, with only 15, playing only yeah. 14 minutes. Um, yeah. I, that but, did hurt. That hurt. Yeah, that you know the Trey Young stopper. Mm-hmm. No, it did. Yeah, it, it did. And I mean, I, you know, Trey still didn't have a great game. I think he shot like five or 14 from the field or something like that. But he didn't have uh, a great shooting game, but he yeah. had a an excellent game playing the pick and roll, throwing those lobs, just mm-hmm. absolutely abusing our defense. He had 14 assists. So mm-hmm. like, he didn't have a good shooting game, but I, I would say he he is the reason the Hawks won the game. And DeMar it was the reason that the Bulls almost managed to win this one. Yeah, and I thought it was a good call at the end with the uh, three free throws for Demar. Um, you know, I was happy that he hit them all, but then just that lapse. You know, not, it's just gonna, it's gonna haunt me. But it is what it is. Uh, you know, we move on. Uh, I don't really feel like there's a whole lot the Bulls could have done differently in this game. I mean, it, it was kind of a there was there was definitely like the middle of that game just felt like a lull. Like the Bulls were falling back by ten. Just felt, it felt like. I don't know. There's the energy just wasn't. That there. was like, when they that, that was, was when the they the, put the zone in. They yeah. The, at the beginning of the game, the Bulls they were getting good shots. I even wrote down in my notes that it felt like the Bulls should have been up by like five five or seven there towards the beginning of the game because they were getting really quality looks by kind of targeting <clears throat> Trey Young on defense. And then midway through the first into the second, it seemed like they went into that zone and the Bulls mm. just Demar's. Like he's got better at playmaking. I've posted some stuff from Zach Levine's playmaking, um, but they're not necessarily quick processors. Everything they do is kind of slow and methodical. And against a zone, that's just death. Against the zone, mm-hmm. Kobe White was. I think the reason he got 31 minutes was because he was the guy attacking the zone the best. I thought, and uh, he had a great game too tonight. So uh, again, I'm gonna keep harping on it, but that. Not being able to counter the zone and being able to let a team like the Hawks just go up 10 points on you because you're drowning in the zone, that's something that great teams don't let happen to them. That's true. So that is a concern, obviously. Um, and, yeah, that, that is a good point, Trey. I mean, <clears throat> they do – they just they struggle because they have their spots on the floor where they go to score – 
and when there's something that that impedes that it's just like they have no ability to adjust but yeah Kobe White I mean obviously I went out so that helped him get a few more extra minutes too but um but I did feel like he had a really good game he's been playing really well um ever since he's been back in the lineup and it's been good to see so you know I think some good takeaways from this last week you know definitely Kobe White playing well I think you know still raising if we want to trade him raising that trade stock but I think also it's pointing out something that we've hinted at in the past trade in that you know Kobe White's ability to make plays and to shoot the basketball are something that's really not expendable for this team as it's currently constructed so um, I think there's definitely a decision to be made there this offseason and you know I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back in that role Uh, I don't think he's going to be a starter in this league but I think he's a pretty decent bench player and a very gifted scorer obviously so talk to me a little bit about Kobe White and what you've seen this past week just excellent play. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me from the, the uh, previous games, but tonight even, he played 31 minutes. He handled the ball a lot. He had four assists and no turnovers. So he, he's taking care of the ball, and he only shot four of 12. He was four of nine from three. But he just he he's so consistently quick in attacking, whether whether he's shooting, whether he's driving, or whether he's just moving the ball. He, he is constant. And, and Caruso is – and he was out tonight. He's another guy who is pretty quick with those decisions, but I still feel like White is maybe the quickest on the team in just deciding and taking action. So I I love him coming off the bench because he's just that – like, J- Javante Green's a spark, but he's an off-ball spark. Kobe mm-hmm. White is an on-ball spark. Yeah. And, yeah, Kobe's really flashed the ability to make plays, um, not necessarily being the primary ball handler, but being the guy that receives, you know, the pass and has the either the open shot or the ability to fake and then drive the basketball and then make a play from there. I think, you know, you call that kind of a, a connector, right? And that's that's kind of the, you know, a, a, a area of the game where he excels. Um, so I really liked what I've seen out of him. I'll, and I'll be, Andre Drummond, too. we got to talk about Andre Drummond. When I went to go watch a game yesterday in person, that was one thing. Him and Derek Jones Jr. really stood out to me just because of their above-the-rim the play. Like, I don't think watching on TV does it justice. I think, you know, being in the actual stadium and watching these guys, you know, go above people and go over people and uh, finish these, you know, slam dunks and get these rebounds, I think that's really that was really impressive to me. And uh, I'm not the biggest Andre Drummond fan. I mean, I've, I've said that before. I'm on record on this show. You know, I do think, you know, there was even a, a couple points tonight where it's like he made some really boneheaded decisions. He threw a, a full court pass. that was just not very good. Uh, when we were right in the middle of the run, he got a rebound under the hoop and like just couldn't score against nobody. He had like nobody in front of him and he just like, you know, dribbled it around and couldn't get it in the rim for in the, in the uh, hoop for some reason. So I'm not like the biggest under drama fan, but he is. Do you have the, do you have the box score up in front of you? Don't look at it. If you do, if you don't, I don't. don't. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how many steals do you think Andre Drummond had tonight? Well, I, I saw it earlier. He had, he had five when I looked. So yeah, I don't re- I don't know that I remember a single steal from Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because I don't either. You know, just kind of like uh, you know, I, he gets deflections, but like I think other people grab the ball, and that's why it's not necessarily like something you see. But right, it's not something fresh in our brains. But he's right. the one that deflects the ball so they can get it. So yeah. he does get the steal because he's the one responsible for. It. But but just looking at it, like without going back and watching, like I saw that and I was like, you know, I don't think I can recall a single one of those. But yeah. he was huge tonight. With on you know just on both ends, literally, he was huge. He was so big, <laughs> yeah. some monstrous dunks, and just really. 
taking the time to kind of just try and bring the big man back, it seems like. He was just ready to bang down low and just – I like having that. You you know I love the small ball. I, I love the Bulls' small ball potential. But I, I also like having a big guy that can come off the bench and really bang. And that's what Andre Drummond can do, and he showed that tonight. Yeah, it brings a different dimension to the game. That's something that the Bulls are lacking. I mean, you know, Vooch is a very talented player, but I wouldn't say he overpowers people, whereas Drummond – Definitely, that's his game, is overpowering people in the paint. Uh, that's, like, the only thing he does. Uh, but he does it very well. Um, but, yeah, actually, speaking of Drummond, you know, one of the other impressive things from uh, from yesterday going to the Mavs and Bulls game was uh, being able to see in person the connection between Dragic and Drummond. And they connected on at least three alley-oops, from what I can remember. And uh, there's I, – I, I just hope, Trey, that, like, you know, Io or somebody – Another guard on our team can make a you know connection like that with another center on our team or just a high flying guy because that is a lot of fun to watch because like they're not even there's absolutely no indication that they're gonna he's gonna throw that lob and Drummond just seems to know exactly where it's gonna go so they are just like on the same page at all times which is um, really impressive to watch so I didn't see a lot of Dragic in this game necessarily but I still wanted to point that out from when I watched it in person. Right, and having those two together, especially being on the second unit, when you have that kind of chemistry running against other second units, that's something that you can really exploit, I feel like. So, great thing to have coming off the bench. It was nice to have Javante Green come back. He played 14 minutes. And mm-hmm. Derek Jones Jr., 6 of 7 tonight. He, mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought his effort out there was just excellent tonight. And just, I mean, really, everyone's effort was pretty good. I thought uh, it was just really that zone kind of put them in that hole and the Hawks are a talented team. And when you get down 10 to a, you know, a Hawks team that has Trey young actually playing and playing well, it's, that's a big hole to dig out of. And they dug out, they dug out twice and the the ball just didn't fall for them. (sighs) Yeah. Unlucky. Um, But Hey, it was good to see Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know, after he's been out for with injuries, he's been balling the last couple of games. He had like 31, I think it was last game. This game he had 20, eight so uh it was actually kind of fun uh to watch him kind of ball out even though you know he's on the other team kind of happy for him uh you know coming back from kind of a tough injury that kept him out a long time bulls did a good job as we said on trey young uh it was you know also fun to see aj griffin he had a not a great shooting night either two of 11 from three seven of 17 from the field but got the game winner there and uh he's a he's a bright young star i think not a star but a promising young player in this league you think right yeah, you watch him and you can tell he's definitely going to stick in the league. As long as long as he can stay out there and stay healthy, he's going to be a player in the league. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, too, his return tonight as well. And uh, his activity on the defensive end, especially on DeMar, especially when they threw that uh, zone on him, just getting deflections, getting the ball loose. Uh, I thought he was a real game changer for them as well. Yeah, he made DeMar extremely uncomfortable, it seemed like. he went for, DeMar was 14 of 15 from the free throw line. He was really able to draw some fouls, but he was only 10 of 21 from from the floor. So when he was shooting the ball, he, he was shooting under 50%. So the defense yeah. was definitely there. Yeah, defense was there all night. Um, it looked like uh, DeAndre Hunter was the better uh, number four overall pick tonight. Patrick Williams had his moments, though. He had a couple of blocks. Uh, he actually was really active on the offensive boards, too. Uh, seven seven rebounds and two offensive rebounds, uh, eight points, four of ten from the field. Uh, I mean, pretty good game from Patrick, right? I mean, this is like yeah, kind he, of an he average played, game. He had a- 
Right, he had a good game, but yeah. Derek Jones Jr. was like yeah. he was in the game just as much, but he was playing. I think he was playing a little bit better. He was a little more active, and Kobe White was really the guy who probably stole the Patrick Williams minutes, to be honest. And that's just because we needed the ball handling out there. Kobe having 31 minutes is just—I feel like that's a lot for him. And I know Io was out, but we, yeah. you know, we have Dragic, we had, um, you know, we've got Zach and Demar. If Kobe's not playing well, he's not getting 31 minutes, no matter who's who else is on the team. Oh yeah, he's got a short leash for sure, so he was playing well, uh, anyways. But yeah, um, I think if I, I think Io going out really changed the texture of this game, though. I feel like that was when it became more of a uh, you know the Bulls were like kind of underdogs at that point because, like you said, the ball handling just wasn't there uh, for the Bulls. I, we had I feel a lot like the way to judge the Patrick Williams thing is anytime during down the stretch, did you think? Wow, they're benching Patrick Williams here because I didn't. I I, I know he wasn't on the floor, but mm-hmm. I didn't at any time think they were benching him because of his play. I just thought they were rolling with the guys that were that were had the hot hand. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't feel like he played particularly terribly. There were a few plays where you know I wish he would have made different decisions, but um, still a learning process with Patrick. Um, but we can't talk. We gotta talk about the elephant in the room here. Uh, Zach Levine, seven turnovers. 9 of 16 from the field, which is, you know, good. 1 of 5 from 3, not so great. Um, Just he had some moments, obviously, where, you know, especially towards the end of the game when it was clutch time where he got some big buckets, those couple of dunks coming down at the end of regulation. But overall, this is uh, not exactly what we want to see from, you know, our max player, our star. I feel like we need a little bit more out of Zach. What do you think? Yeah. He needs to find some easier buckets. It seems like there was a the Hawks were inviting a lot of jump shooting, and sometimes the shots don't fall. Tonight was the night where the shots weren't falling, and they were they were contested shots. It seemed like mm. he was taking. Um, he had some absolutely ridiculous plays. Also, like you said, it was just the second night of a back to back. I I know they didn't necessarily have to play a lot, but for for him, someone coming back from an injury, you know, maybe that makes a difference on your jumper. I just, I guess when I was watching the game, I I didn't ever think, man, Zach is killing us this game. And and I have felt that in in games before, Mm. but there wasn't ever really a point in this one where I I ever felt that it was just Zach other than, other than again, the zone thing. But that was, that was, that was a team failure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so maybe maybe not all seven of those turnovers are on Zach. I do feel like there were a couple of uh, not so great decision making things that were happening, but um, but I mean it wasn't a terrible game from Zach. You're right, so I can't undo. I'm not placing this. Loss I mean, you you want you don't want Zach you don't want Zach to have seven turnovers. That that's not ideal. You can't you can't have that from your star player. You're right. That that's unacceptable. No matter what defensive wrinkles they're throwing at you, you have to be able to figure it out when you're a three level scorer. But I just yeah I. I guess the the turnovers I can live with those with Zach because at least he's trying to play make. Whereas whenever he's shooting, you know, three of twelve, three of fifteen, those those are the nights where I'm like, man, I, I, those are the ones that kill me. But not a bad week. We went two and one. Um, you know, a win over the Wizards and a win over the Mavs. We haven't really talked a lot about the Wizards game, so we can hit that here. If you guys want to win consistently, though. Uh, I do want to tell you something. If you're DFS players out there, go get that DFS pass from sportsethos.com. It is very cheap right now. It's $4.99 a month, and, you know, it's going to go up. So you might, might as well grab it now before it does. You can also get the Sports Ethos 360 pass, which gets you the wager pass and the fantasy pass as well. 
get you access to all of that, those goodies and all that behind the paywall good stuff that's going to help you win your fantasy leagues, help you get uh, win all your bets, all that uh, fantastic stuff. So you should go get it at sportsethos.com, and uh, you should go sign up today. Um, so, yeah, you know, again, you know, the, the Mavs game kind of just uh, – I mean, it was just a breeze, right? There wasn't really much to take away from that. Um, Mavs really didn't show up to play. Kind of a scheduled loss for them. Uh, the one thing I did notice was Tim Hardaway Jr. just was atrocious. <laughs> if he wasn't, it might have been a closer game. But uh, I can't. I don't even need to pull up his box score. I bet he was like you know 20% from the field or something like that, 15%, something on those lines. Because he was wide open in the corner for threes the entire game and kept taking them and kept missing them. Luckily, so you know that's just not a recipe for uh, for a good basketball game. So the Bulls took advantage and, and won easily. Yeah, and you mentioned the Wizards game. Uh, Beal didn't play in that one, but the Wizards still had the lead going into the fourth by one point, that, and mm-hmm. the Bulls were able to pull it out. What I, what I went back and looked at the box score, it was nice because DeMar, Vooch, and Zach, they all had 25-plus in that game. So it, the starters, when they played, they were they were plus 10. Uh, Vucevic was plus 13. Zach was plus 14. Caruso was plus 17. So when the starters were in, they, they were fine. It seemed like one of those games where the Bulls just kind of – they knew they could turn it on because Beal wasn't out there, and unfortunately, they weren't able to do that tonight. So, you know, let's talk big picture. You know, we've got all these uh, Bulls fans out there talking about, oh, my gosh, let's blow it up. we got to blow it up. This is not uh, – and you and I have said, you know, second hardest adjusted strength of schedule. You know, can you blow it up? That, I think that's, that's where we've kind of landed on. You know, can if you want if you want to blow it up, you can. You've got the pieces to blow it up and get an, a good, a nice enough return that you don't like get stuck in a rebuild for five, six, seven years. But on the flip side of that, the Bulls are right in the mix of things, even though they're behind everybody else. As I was saying before, you know, they're uh, pretty much like two or three games out of the playoffs at this point. And, you know, they've got a pretty, pretty easy schedule coming up here, Trey. So, um, I mean, this, you know, Again, let's just reiterate, we're about sticking I, on the court. I said right? it last show. I, I'm going to say it this show. Get back to me in, you know, 10 games after the, these easier games that the, mm-hmm. the Bulls are getting ready to have. Mm-hmm. Because if they're in the thick of the playoffs with Lonzo, you know, maybe coming back at the end of the year, maybe not till next year. But if they're in the thick of the playoffs with the rest of the East without, you know, their starting point guard who is a, who is a key cog, which I know – betting on Lonzo that's a long bet but that's what the Bulls are betting on at this stage like if you're not blowing it up that's you're betting on Lonzo being able to come and be a piece I feel like and I'm willing to make that bet at this stage but so at this time next week me and you are probably going to be taping after the Timberwolves game Mm -hmm. at 7 p.m. they're going to play the Knicks twice and then the Timberwolves three and if they go three and oh there instead of being 11 and 15 they're 14 and 15, right back in the mix of things. Then, then you've got the Heat and the Hawks and the Knicks and the Rockets. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, if, that's if the Bulls. If the Bulls, okay, so December 28th they played the Bucks. If the Bulls aren't at least 500 by then, I think that's when you really not need to start discussing blowing it up. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's a it's a wait and see type of thing right now um, because of that easy schedule coming up here. And, you know, obviously the Bulls need to secure some wins. I'm confident they can, though. Again, tough loss today on Sunday, but a two and one week is not a bad week. You beat the Wizards, which are a decent 
mediocre but a decent basketball team. You beat the Mavs without Luka Doncic. It was kind of a whatever game. And then you lost a close one against the Hawks team, where you're both kind of down a few players, obviously. Um, should have should have been a win, but it wasn't, and it is what it is. Uh, I don't think his up, uh, standings have updated yet. I think the Bulls are actually 9.5 games out of first. But uh, either way, the Bulls are roughly two to three games out of the sixth spot, which is where my bet lies with our uh, sports ethos Celtics guy. <laughs> if the Bulls are a top six team, he has to change all the stuff to Bulls stuff for a week. Uh, and if they aren't, then I've changed all my stuff to, to a Celtics stuff for a week. So I've still got hope there. And, uh, and I think you're right, Trey. I think, you know, at the end of this week, you know, if the Bulls can climb uh, these standings a little bit and maybe get in the, into that 9-8 spot, I think we're looking okay. And this is about what we imagined when the season started because we said, you know, the Bulls are probably a sixth-ish, uh, you know, team in the East. And if not that, then they're a play-in team. And that's what we're looking at here. I mean, they're just outside the play-in right now. So, um, we're right in line with expectations, and so I don't really know what, what fans want out of this. I mean, we all want to win championships, but I guess, you know, let me ask you this question, which is more of a philosophical question than just a straight Bulls question. But, um, you know, is there value in being a team that hangs around in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth spot of the, you know, standings and plays playoff series and brings some excitement? I mean, is there value in that, or is it better to go all or nothing? With this ownership, mm-hmm. probably not. I, if you have an ownership like the Lakers, like the like even the Knicks, Brooklyn, that's willing to spend money, go into the luxury tax, willing to bring in guys no matter the cost, I think it's willing to showcase your talent to show, hey, yeah, this the squad we have here, they might be a four or five seed who's just a pesky out in the first round to the to the Bucks like the Bulls were. But if they, you know, if they're willing to spend the money and bring in that top tier talent that top-tier talent might be willing to come. But that's just not the reality of Chicago sports. So uh, for me, I I don't see the value in it unless you believe that at your top end, you can contend with those title teams. If if there's an injury, say like like last year, Chris Middleton got injured and was out. So like if you think the Bulls at their healthiest can compete with those teams, then I think it's worth it. But if you if you can't, if you can't see that happening, then no, I'm all about the lottery. Well, we do have wins against the Celtics uh, both times we've we've played them, right? And we do have wins against above 500 teams this season. So Two that narrative no longer wins exists. against the yeah. Celtics. Those are yes. Yeah, those I, are good I, wins. I think this. I, and and again, I know Lonzo is a mystery, but if he would ever come back, mm-hmm. that is a huge chip that the Bulls have. Mm-hmm. And I just I've. I find it hard to want to blow this team up without getting to see this team because, unless you know, unless they're just nose diving and you can get those Lakers picks way off in the future for free, you know, completely unprotected, then maybe maybe you look into it. But who's to say that deal is not going to be there next year? Yeah, uh, it's a good point. And you know, the Bulls obviously have no control over their own pick. Uh, this upcoming season, unless it's a top four, but I mean, that's probably not going to happen. So, um, so at this point, you know, we're stuck with what we've got. Uh, I don't think blowing it up is actually literally on the table. I don't think anyone in the organization is thinking about it. Um, we're just going to see how this goes. And, you know, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a playoff team. 
I don't think I'm as excited this year as I was last season about the team, Trey. And maybe part of that is because of the Lonzo Ball injury, because I think I was going to say, you, you, mean, you mean you're not as excited about the, yeah. what, 12th place Chicago Bulls as you were about the first place Chicago Bulls? <laughs> well, Man, I mean, I, meant, I can't I meant, believe that. Well, I mean, even before the season started, I wasn't like, I, last season I was betting their overs and their win totals and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And this season I just, I just wasn't, I just wasn't as excited. I felt like they, I feel like the, the narrative out there was, that, you know, they stagnated, they didn't make any moves. And everyone else in the East kind of got stronger and did make moves. I mean, obviously you got uh, Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland. Uh, you know, you had some other big, big, you know, Brunson in, in New York, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Dejounte Murray in Atlanta, and the Bulls didn't really add that guy. They added just kind of fringe pieces, which you know I think have done well, have have provided value for the Bulls. But I still wasn't as excited about this team going into the season as I was last That's season, fair. but, That's but, fair. I, but I do think, but I do think part of that was because of the Lonzo ball thing too. Cause you know, that really was a gut punch for me because I was kind of excited until that kind of happened. And then I was like, all right, well now we're looking at the same team. We had the second half of last season, which was not very good. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know what here in literally one week after the bulls go three and Oh, after they yeah. beat the Timberwolves and we're talking next week, you're going to be excited. You're going to be <laughs> you're going to be ready to go. You're going to be excited for that next game against the Miami Heat because who doesn't love beating the Heat? Wouldn't it just be nice to beat the Heat to go on a nice four game winning streak? Yes, it would. Uh, I'm, no, I'm I, speaking that into existence right now. And I love Jimmy Butler. I'll always love Jimmy Butler. But yeah, uh, f the Heat uh, as always, and he's one of the Heat right now. So uh, f him too. So there you go. Uh, that's where I that's where I land on that kind of thing. Uh, by the way, guys, if you do uh, want to bet some props, we were speaking a little bit about that before. Uh, go to thrivefancy.com. Use promo code Ethos to get a deposit match bonus up to two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, and go win some props. I mean, win some some contests and win a whole bunch of money uh, with us here at Sports Ethos. We do give out those picks as part of that DFS pass as well. Um, so, anyways, any last thoughts here before we head out for the day? Uh, you know, it's been a rough day, but not a bad week uh, as a Bulls fan. So, what? Any other thoughts on your mind about the Bulls that we haven't discussed yet? Okay. Um. I like the rotations. I feel like Billy Donovan's been kind of hitting the right notes. So um, go Bulls and continue this good play. Because, if, again, if if they would have just been able to pull this win out tonight, it would they would just they would be on such a run. And instead, it's just such a it's such a downer. But yeah. it's just it's just a little baby downer. We're going to again, three and oh, <laughs> another run. Coming. I like it. I like your positivity tonight. Um, no, but, I, you know, the Bulls have been extremely unlucky. I'll say that much. So they could be plus four in the win column as far as, like, you know, losing close games, clutch games. And that's just, like, that's not the profile of this team. I do believe that this team, this team still has that quote-unquote clutch factor. I mean, you've got DeMar DeRozan on the team, and you've got Zach Levine on the team, who was proven to be, in the past, one of the best clutch players. And he did it again tonight. The Bulls didn't pull out a win, but, um, you know, just cold as ice, you know, taking it to the rim, dunking the basketball, not afraid. Uh, so I don't don't feel like this team's going to be a team that struggles in the clutch in the long run. If they were plus four wins, Trey, they would be, what, uh, you know, probably fifth, sixth in the standings right now, fourth maybe even. So we wouldn't be having the same conversation. So uh, I don't think, you know, if, if I'm looking for a silver lining here, or a, a bit of positivity – it's just that, you know, luck can always luck luck is just that. Luck can always turn around. 
That's the one thing luck can do. Luck can always turn around. Um, it's never going to be the same every single day. So, Bulls fans, keep your heads up. We're going to get some wins here. Trey believes it. I believe it. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, go follow me at, at @bsbpkeith. And Trey, where can the good people find you, man? On Twitter at final finally. And please do follow the show on Twitter, also, guys, at Eat Those Bulls. That's at Eat Those Bulls. Uh, follow us there. We do post all of our shows so you don't miss any uh, going forward. But hey, until then. It's-